You are listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 93. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I am a business consultant and coach who has helped hundreds of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months and then on to six-figure years without burning out in the process. Have you ever thought about adding one or maybe uh, a different digital product to your business or even wonder what the hell is a digital product and what is Ange talking about? Or how does this apply to my business? Here's the thing, whether or not you sell services, you're an e-commerce business, you're running a blog, or just getting started in the online business, you can add a digital offer to the mix. It's amazing. It helps you grow. It keeps you on your toes. And that's why I've brought on the amazing Gemma to chat with you about today about the endless possibilities on how to sell digital products in your business and to get you really thinking about all the possibilities that you might be missing out on. In today's episode, Gemma and I are going to chat with you about what is a digital product, what are the advantages of creating digital products for your business. Gemma is also going to share with us a variety of different types of digital products that you could explore in your own business and so much more. So get ready for another awesome episode where we're going to be chatting about all things digital products. But before we hop straight into this amazing episode, I'd like to remind you that if you enjoy this episode, I'd love for you to share your key takeaway, a fun fact, or anything in between on your Instagram stories and tag me at Angela Henderson Consulting because that would put a smile on my dial. Also, this episode is sponsored by my 12-month group coaching program, Profit Pillars, which helps women in business create consistent five-plus months. Not only does it help you to create those 12, you know, those 5K plus months, but it also decreases your overwhelm, increases your clarity, gets you taking the actions that are necessary, those ROI actions that are needed in order to grow your business, while giving you the support and community you need to grow that sustainable and profitable business. In addition, my program also has the complete Profit Pillars training system, monthly live strategy sessions, monthly hot seat calls, monthly guest experts, 24-7 access to our amazing Facebook community, and so much more. To learn about my 12-month group coaching program, you can head to AngelaHenderson.com.au and simply click on I Want Help Creating 5K Plus Months. Now, let's hop on to today's amazing episode with awesome Gemma all the way from Canada. Welcome to the show, Gemma. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm equally excited for you to be here because what people don't realize is this has been five months in the making. And so <laughs> we were giggling, do you know what I mean, uh, in emails back and forth to each other because we had Christmas, we had, we've got kids to take care of, we had New Year's, mm-hmm. both of us were traveling to different things. Mm-hmm. And we, I think at one stage you're like, if we actually get to this recording, we're going to be sipping champagne because we will have <laughs> made it and so but but here's and, the, and you're forgetting the big part which is like the time zone difference yes which like 100 yeah because at time of recording it's 7 41 a.m monday morning here but it's sunday back home in canada for you guys it is it's sunday afternoon we've just wrapped up a day of skiing and my kids are totally plugged into a movie while I'm (laughs) up here taking a little work break. But this is the thing though, is when you want something bad enough, you just, it will Uh eventually make it work. And what I say to people too, to my clients is, 
it might be a no now, but it's not a no forever. And so totally. again, we just were like, okay, it's a no for November, December, Jen, et cetera. But we, <laughs> but we knew, and we were okay with that because we knew. Yeah. And so I'm recording you on my podcast today. And then after this, I'll record with you. But again, for those people that are out there, you know, listening, just, you know, it's just because it's a no now doesn't mean it's no forever. And if you want it bad enough, you will find a way to make it happen. So, absolutely. Yes. So welcome to the show, Gemma. It is a thrill to be here. And what I like to do with every episode guest when we first start off is I like to ask them a fun question because I think oh, it's, okay. it's good that they get to know a little bit about you before we dive into all things digital products today. So my Uh-oh, first... I'm nervous. Oh, dun, dun, dun. So my question, <laughs> it's going to be super easy. You're Canadian. I'm Canadian. We love Canada. So, but we will have obviously seen different parts of Canada. So my question to you is of all the places to go back home in Canada, where's your all-time favorite? Oh, that is a hard question. Okay. So I, I, I live in Ottawa myself and I love where I live and I wouldn't change it for the world. And it's an amazing place to raise a family. So props to Ottawa, but I will say that if somebody is coming to Canada for the first time and you want to visit somewhere that's insanely magical. You need to go to Vancouver Island and just travel around Vancouver Island, hit up all the little towns and marvel at the insane beauty of that part of our country. And is it is now tell people a little bit more. So they would fly into say Vancouver and then they they have to fly into Vancouver Mm -hmm. and then either you can rent a car and hop on a ferry across Mm -hmm. or you can hop on a little float plane and it takes like 20 minutes and you get over to Victoria. So Victoria is um, a beautiful city. And then from you spend some time in Victoria, but then what you need to do is you need to rent a car and you need to just go on a little road trip around the Island and spend nights here and there in, I don't know, Airbnbs and Bs or camping or whatever floats your boat. And you can do whale watching. You can do the most amazing hiking. You can just hang by the beach, check out the mountains. Like it's really such a beautiful spot. It, I will say at time of recording, it is also where Harry and Meghan Markle are currently living. <laughs> So you can do a little uh, royalty, royalty, is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, Watching like a little, exactly. Go on Royal Watch and see if you can spot them. And I am, I'm super excited actually. I've never, I mean, I'm from Alberta initially, which is on the West Coast, but I've never been to Vancouver Island and I'm heading to there to speak at Canada's leading uh, social media conference in May. So I'm heading that Amazing. to that part of the world. So yes, I'm super excited. My best friend is flying in from Edmonton. So it's like a girl's weekend slash, you know I mean, business trips. And so I'm super excited because I heard it's absolutely magical, but it's, I've been more East coast than I've been West coast. Right. Well, you're, I mean, I have, I have like mad respect for all parts of Canada. Cause I think it's one of the beautiful things about this country is the diversity, but I think you will have an amazing time on the West coast. So yes, well, no, thank you so much. So that is your go, your go-to spot for back home in Canada. And that's right. And in regards to business, now you've been in the online space for a while now, you started out as a lifestyle blogger back in 2020. So can you tell us a little bit about your business journey, where you started and where you are now? Totally. That was actually 2010. Oh, 2010. So sorry. Like ten, yeah. Yeah. What did no, I say? So it's been 10 years. You said 2020. Oh my which, goodness. Sorry. See, yeah. See, no, that's yeah. all right. <laughs> You're like um, lady but I just wanted like the people who are listening are like, oh, that was like two weeks ago. That was like, uh, uh, it just <laughs> happened. No, 2010. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I started a blog way back then. It seems like, I don't know, a million years ago now. I feel like a bit of a dinosaur in terms of like blog <laughs> age because 
uh, you know, I was like one of the earlier blogs out there, but I didn't do it as a business. This is a pure hobby for me. I was blogging about home decor and our little fixer upper house that we had and DIY projects and stuff like that, basically for family and friends. And long story short, over the course of you know, a handful of years, I realized the business opportunity that blogging provided. I started to monetize it. I grew my audience. I really turned it into a really legit side hustle. Like this was making me like really quite good money. And eventually it, uh, even more than that. And I was able to really, um, when, once I started having kids, I was really able like to not go back to my nine to five at that point. And I had lots of people asking me like, how did you make that happen? You know, how have you made this like lifestyle possible so you can be a stay at home mom, but who's still making, you know, really great money. So I started, uh, I've, at first I was going to like start an ebook, but then I realized I had a lot to say and the <laughs> ebook was going to be way too long. Uh, so I started my first course and I could tell you about like the ebbs and flows and journeys of like to where I am today, but, um, you know, wasn't, it's not like I, um, started what I launched my first course ever. And within, you know, 30 days had some six figure business. Like I think a lot of times when we see those ads on Facebook, it seems like so much easier than it actually is in real life. Um, but anyway, I got started with online courses, eventually shifted into, a second course uh, where I helped other bloggers. The first course was around helping bloggers monetize their blog. Second course was about helping bloggers launch online shops, mm -hmm. which is what I had done with my blog. And then eventually I started having people a lot, uh, like a lot of my audience asking me for advice on digital products. And so I made the shift to talking about how to grow your business, selling digital offers like online courses, like memberships, uh, that kind of thing. And so actually in 2019, I sort of retired those earlier courses of mine and just went full force with um, talking about digital products. And so that's what's led me to where I am today. And I have an incredible community of like students and people who are just crushing it with their, with their offers. And so, yeah, that takes me to 2020. To 2020. And listen, so digital products, like you said, it's not something that's new. You've been using, utilizing this space for a very long time. But a lot of the listeners in this particular, um, who are listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast might be like, mm, I think I know what a digital product is. No, maybe not. So I always like to start when we start these types of conversations, when we're going to be really diving deep into it is, can you just start off with the definition of about what is a digital product so that others out there can understand it a bit more? Absolutely. So at the, you know, at the most basic level, a digital product is an, a product that's being offered digitally to your consumer. So rather than them purchasing an actual physical product, for example, something we would order off Amazon that gets delivered to our door, there's no physical product with a digital offer. It is something that's d delivered via the internet. So whether it's video you know, in a video format, an audio format, it's a PDF. Um, it's a combination of those things that basically is a digital product. And so you can see it can take a huge variety of formats. So you might've had this like preconceived notion that it's just an ebook or it's just an online course, but it could be something like crochet patterns mm -hmm. or, um, you know, a, a how to watercolor paint tutorials or, 
anything like really the sky is the limit in terms of what you can offer digitally. Really. And for you, obviously with your own business, but now with the businesses that you're also supporting in this space to be able to scale their business. Can you talk a little bit about what are the advantages that you've seen businesses, um, you know, come from and have, do you mean by creating these digital products? Yeah, there's so many. So the first off, Uh, is I think probably the one that comes to mind for most people, which is that you create this item once and then you can sell it again and again and again. And so that, especially if you're coming from the world of physical products where you have to have inventory and you know, your cost of goods sold is always quite high or, you know, not necessarily high, but it's always there, right? Right, With a digital, with a digital offer, Yes, you're putting in time and you're probably putting in some finances to to create it the first time around, but then every time you sell it from then on out, that's pure profit unless you're spending money in ads and that kind of stuff. Um, but the profit margins can just be so huge with mm-hmm. digital offers. So those are, the, I, I mean, I think that's like the for top advantage, but also as you can imagine, the scalability that is available to you as a digital product-based business owner is really incredible because it doesn't take, if you sell one course or a hundred courses in 24 hours, there's no extra time needed from you, right? Or extra resources needed from you. The only thing is as like, as I've learned, as I've grown my own business and scaled it, I require some more time in terms of customer support, right? But I still only have um, a team member doing an hour a day in my customer support email inbox. So it does not have to be crazy, right? If you've set things up in a really great way that really supports your customer through their purchase journey, then there doesn't have to be a lot of support from your end of things for each and every sale. So the scalability factor is really amazing. And then lastly is that like this can I don't, I mean, sure your listeners have a whole variety of like business types that they're list, like that they're coming from. And you can really add a digital offer to just about any business type out there, whether you're a coach or whether you're a service-based business owner or you're a physical product-based business, you know, whatever it might be, there's probably some creative way that you can add a digital offer into your monetization plan, um, which, you know, can really like have a great effect on your bottom line. So there's kind of no, I don't know, there's not really many downsides to digital offers other than the work involved and the time involved in getting them set up, creating something really amazing and then, and then marketing it. And I think that's the thing is, is like, once you go in on it, that it's like, yes, like you said, the time, right? At the beginning, you've got to, you know, design something, come up with something and set up the tech side of it. But it's like, once it's that's done and dusted, I mean, it's not that you just completely forget about it, but it's just like, hello, it's there. It can help. And, and the thing is that I think people forget is that sometimes imposter syndrome comes in. Sometimes people start to self-doubt themselves, whatever, is that any business owner is here to make a much bigger impact, right? And so mm-hmm. the more, like I know for me is I want to be able to, you know, by 2025, help another few thousand women be able to have the tools and resources and communities they need to grow a sustainable and profitable business. But if I limit that just to one-to-one support, the problem there that I have is that it's, I'm not going to be able to reach that bigger impact and help those women get as much tools and resources they need. So by creating a digital product, I'm able to still 
give them the help that they need while still, do you know what I mean, being able to scale. What are your thoughts about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yep. And so those are the things that, again, I just find that, and, and as e-commerce business, I know when I had my first business, Finley and me, e-com, everything, we would still do uh, 30 day challenges, 30 days, 30 ways to connect with your child, 30 days, 30 ways to do this. And off the back end of one of those, uh, someone said to us, like, I don't want to have to keep going back through all of your emails. Would you, could you just like collect this and we turned it into just an ebook, right? That we sold for $9.95. So even though it was a digital product, we still had it mixed in with all of our other e-commerce products. So I think again, if you can get creative, there's multiple ways that this can benefit an e-com business just as much as it can a service-based business. A hundred percent. I mean, if you had a some sort of e-commerce business selling craft supplies or something like that, right? You mm -hmm. could have digital products in the mix that are, you know, um, I don't know, learn to watercolor for five to 10 year olds or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. A little mini course or a little package of, of downloadable instructions or something like that. There are all kinds of creative ways that you can you can add this into the mix and you don't necessarily have to start a whole second business exactly right. to, to do this. Yeah. And then there, another advantage is, is that the, your overhead costs are quite minimal. If you already have the business structure set up in place and you've already got a website and you've already got the tools, it's just a matter of, do you know I mean, adding to site, adding to cart, purchase here, do you know what I mean? And creating that automation with it. So it isn't that much more work than what I think sometimes people think it is. A hundred percent. And like, yeah, like you said, the, the financial means that are required to set up this kind of business, like this is one of my favorite things too, is like anybody can do this and you don't need, you certainly don't need investors and you don't need some big pot of money to get started. I started my blog with, I don't know, I think the domain name, you know, cost me 20 bucks or something like that and some hosting and like that was it. And I, I was the type to like bootstrap things. Uh, I never had kind of the fancy software or anything like that until I started having sales and then I reinvested in my business and upgraded all of the software I use. But it's kind of this common misconception that you need the fancy software in order to build a business like this. And it's not the software that's going to sell your product, right? It's having an amazing offer. So I couldn't agree more. So many people get so, I just have to Google this or even starting a podcast, right? I like, I'm just, I just don't know what mic to use. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Do if I need lighting, is it going to sound good? I'm just like, no, you're procrastinating. Choose a mic. Like I'm still on this mic from like, it's the only mic I've had. My coach gave me a mic and then I never set it up. So I'm still using this like mic that cost me $249. And I'm just like, go, cause you're here to make a bigger impact, whether or not you think that or not at the moment. I'm just like, don't get so stuck. Uh, and percent. I, I know podcasters who still use, um, like the Apple, they're like the earbuds with the microphone attached Yes, and they sound amazing. Yeah. So like that, you know, if they can do it, you can do it. 100%. And so for those businesses out there that are like, okay, you guys are slowly convincing me a little bit here that maybe my business has the scope to be able to add a digital product. Can you share with us a little bit more about, you know, maybe five to seven different types of digital products that businesses could be exploring within their business? I know you mentioned like an online course, you know, online membership. What other suggestions do you have there for those listeners out there? Yeah, you can get really creative with this. So you, I guess the best thing is to think about um, what's the best vehicle in which you can solve your customer's pain point and serve up this 
you know, whatever the solution is that you're trying to provide to them and come at it from that angle, as opposed to first thinking about the, yeah, like the vehicle in which it can be delivered. But I would say online courses, um, memberships, which is where it's a more ongoing relationship with your, with your student. And there's more ongoing content creation that's required for a membership. Mm -hmm. You can have an ebook, you can have any kind of, any kind of digital download that is, it might be, it might be like what we talked about, a crochet pattern or kids, you know, kids, um, I don't even know, like coloring pages or yeah, like learn to paint type things. Like if, if you're in that kind of niche, um, it could be checklists or, or templates or swipe copy or some kind of tool or spreadsheet that you use in your business that, you know, your audience could really benefit from like anything that's going to save them time or frustration. Um, really anything that can be delivered digitally. This could be audio. Like if you are in, especially if you're in something like, um, if you talk about health and wellness and maybe, maybe you talk about meditating, you know, if you could sell audio files of meditations, like what a great way to monetize your business that way. There's so many different formats and you can get creative with which ones you deliver your content in, but also mixing and matching and putting things together so that they become this incredible package. Exactly right. And that's the thing is once you start building one or two digital products, the packaging part of it is great because people are like, damn, if 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 she can do me this and one and I can get the other, but I can get this bundle pack. You've not only given and helped your client, but you've just increased your profit margin. Well, Uh it's simplifying your life because everything's digital. So it's not like you've got to then go and wrap, you know, in the e-com, you've got to pick it, you got to print the order, you got to tick a box on the back end to say the order has been shipped, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's literally everything will be done. So you, you know, and I know I hate that saying, but it is true is you typically could be making money while you sleep in some of these things because of the fact is, is it's like it can all be delivered through online. Yeah. I mean, and when that happens, I find, so I run a membership called the passive project and it's full of people who are growing and scaling their digital product-based businesses. And the first time that that happens when they have gone to bed and then they woke up in the morning and, you know, checked in on their business and they made a sale in their sleep. That's like such a turning point for so many people, right? Because it's suddenly like, oh my gosh, this can actually happen for me. This isn't just for the like unicorns I see on Facebook ads. This is a real thing. And it can really, like it can happen in any niche for any business owner, as long as you have, you know, the system set up in the right way that it is absolutely possible for you. And like you said, the options are genuinely endless. You could be doing sewing patterns, knitting patterns, you know, nutritional plans, meal prep plans, workout plans. Like, you know, uh, if you were into an accounting, for example, or you're wanting to work with businesses to scale their business by knowing their numbers, it could be easily, you know, a workflow that you put in place where they can just plug in their revenue numbers and their assets and whatever. And you know, I mean, numbers pop out to say, this is how you could increase your profit margin. Like the options are genuinely endless in regards to what you could be doing with the digital product. A hundred percent. And I truly don't, I've never heard of a niche where a digital offer wasn't possible, Mm -hmm. right? You just need to get creative about it sometimes. And so for businesses out there that they're like, okay, great. I've got an idea. This could work. You guys are convincing me even more. So now how do businesses start to craft that offer? So I have something that I like to call the bucket system, and it just helps us to think about our digital offer in, with kind of like a high, 
um, like a big picture vision. And so the other one, one thing that I see a lot of people struggle with is they go and they create some kind of digital product. They put it out to market and it doesn't sell very well. And they're not sure why. And often it's because their offer just isn't irresistible enough. So how do we get an irresistible offer? One of the things that I like to talk about is using the bucket system. And what the bucket system does is it basically breaks down what you can have in your digital product into five buckets. And you want to have your offer include stuff from each bucket. So mm-hmm. let me talk, talk you through what those buckets are really quickly. So the first one is your teaching bucket. And so this is going to include video lessons, audio lessons, anything where you're teaching. So anytime, you know, you take an online course and there's some sort of like something included in any of the lessons, that would be some sort of teaching asset. This could, it could even be like interviews, right? Like I have masterclass interviews in some of my offers. Those are, that's a teaching asset. So that's bucket number one. Yep. Bucket number two are your digital downloads. So this is going to be things like the PDFs, like the workbooks, the checklists, the roadmaps, the guides, the, the patterns, whatever, whatever it is that's going to make sense for your offer. These are those digital downloads. And they tend to be things that you could make like in Canva, for right. example. Yep. Canva is a free software tool that I love to use. Totally recommend it to everybody. Uh, so you can create digital products like that. So, so you've got your teaching bucket, you've got your digital bucket. The third one are your shortcuts. And this is the one that I actually love the most. Um, because I think this is often what can really tip the scales for people to purchase a digital offer mm-hmm. is because the shortcuts are sexy. And so what do I mean by shortcuts? Shortcuts are things like, like swipe files or copy and paste templates or, a spreadsheet or basically anything that you can provide that is going to save your customer time yeah. or frustration in the implementation of what you're teaching them. Mm-hmm. So really think about how can I make this, it's great to provide them with knowledge, but how can I make it faster for them to get the solution that my digital offer is providing to them? And so whatever that looks like for you, that would be a shortcut. Okay. Yep. So the fourth bucket is the interactive. So this means, yes. Okay. So you might have a digital offer that doesn't really have an interactive component, especially I see a lot of like lower ticket digital offers that may not really have an interactive component. But if you're selling anything more high ticket, if you can have, whether this is a Slack community, it's a private Facebook group, it's a, you know, it's group calls with you, uh, any kind of interaction between you and your customers, that is the interactive bucket. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure you guys can all think about when you've purchased online courses before they've come with a private Facebook group, right? That that's what I'm referring to with bucket number four. And then bucket number five, I have no fancy term for this. I've just called it other, (laughs) but this is, this is when it's something like, it's something like software or an app, or if you haven't created the software or app, it would be like um, coupons to use it, you know, or some kind of like extended trial. And usually if you're, so let me give you an example. When I sold a course called Launch Your Shop, I referred them to this dropship manufacturer, print-on-demand dropshipping manufacturer that I use and I recommended. So I reached out to that company and just said, listen, in this course that I'm going to be teaching, I'm going to be 
referring people to you and recommending that they use you and your and your program, mm-hmm. um, can you offer some kind of incentive that I can give my students? And they offered a fifty dollar credit for every single student of mine. Perfect. So, like, what an incredible bonus that I was able to add at no additional cost to myself to my digital offer. It was a win win for everybody, right? Because they were getting more customers. I was getting this great, you know, add on to my offer. So if you haven't created the software, the app that helps your customer achieve the solution, maybe you can get some sort of, yeah, coupon code or whatever it looks like. So those are the five buckets. And so it's teaching, digital, shortcuts, interactive, and other. And if your digital product can have something from all five buckets or as many buckets as possible, as makes sense for your offer, that is going to really increase the chances of like your conversion rate and the, just the chances of people wanting to purchase this because I may be the type of person who I think for me personally speaking, like from just my own experience, anytime that I see shortcuts, that's a big incentive for me to buy. Like that's for me, that's the tipping point. But for other people, it could be the teaching bit or it could be the interactive bit. Like they really want the the interaction with the creator and they want those calls, right? So that's going to be the tipping point for them. And you want your offer to kind of speak to as many types of people as possible. And that makes sense? 100%. And I think, again, each client is going to have different needs and wants, right? So the more mm-hmm. that you can have there, the more you're covering yourself will still, do you know I mean, staying true to that ideal client? You're just trying to give them different ways on how they're really learning and how they can process that information to get an end result. So I think those buckets are a fantastic, you know, analogy to be able for people to understand what they need to use and what components they need to use. And the more you have, the more likely that you are going to have people you know, not just taking a product and doing nothing, that they're going to get something out of your, whatever it is you're offering. So it could be that they maybe never even download the product, right? I mean, that happens, but they yeah. love the community so much, that interactive bucket so much that they're still going around praising your, you know, everything that you do because you've filled their cup in some way. So yeah, so I really exactly. like that, that again, the more buckets you have, the more likely, do you know what I mean? You're going to hit, you know, more people. So no, fantastic. And so for those businesses out there that might be going, well, this is great. And Gemma, you guys have communities and you guys have done this and you've done that. Like you can sell to people. I don't have a big email list and I don't have this. You know, I guess, what are your thoughts about that? Because as I do, I mean, I don't disagree with those people that might be having that thought right now. Because I know the saying goes is that again, when we sell an online course or I've got a 12 month group coaching program, that when I do a launch, we need to be considering those numbers. And so for me, as I know, it's about a 1% maximum kind of 2% conversion because you know, again, it's a higher ticket price that people are paying, etc. So if I've got 3000 people on my email list, I'm going to guess that maybe 30 people will convert. So for those mm-hmm. businesses out there that don't have a, uh, that have a small list, or maybe don't have a list, or they've got a small community, um, but they're still selling, right? So maybe they've got a Facebook group, or maybe their page is quite interactive, or they've got Instagram, right? Is what are your thoughts about how big of a community or lack of community or whatever that is? What do you, what, what do you think that they need in order for this to make sure that they, they get a, you know, a jumpstart on what they want to do with the digital products? Yeah, great question. So I, I guess the first thing I would say is we all start at zero. So, you know, although Amen. maybe Ange and I are sitting here now having, you know, and we have an, a solid enough email list where we can launch products and make sales, we both started from zero too. And so you just have to like 
be okay with that and just start putting one foot in front of the other and just mm-hmm. start somewhere, right? And just start growing it because otherwise nothing's going to happen if you don't take action. So that's step number one. Step number two, if you've built up any kind of following or audience on a social media platform, I would say the first thing I would recommend doing is just trying to get them to convert to email list subscribers as quickly as possible. So whether that means creating some amazing lead magnet or doing even like a pitch free webinar or training or something just to get people to actually give you their email addresses to sign up for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would be step number one, because we know that digital products, although you can use social media to amplify your sales for sure, you are going to get the vast majority of your sales from your email list. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I chat with my students, like I always talk about the two most important numbers being the number, you know, the, the size of your email list, but with a caveat that they need to be engaged. So like, mm-hmm. I don't care if you have 20,000 people on your email list, if they're not opening up your emails, there's no point. I'd rather, <laughs> exactly you, have, right. I'd rather you have 200 people on your list who actually open your emails and care about them. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. And then number two, to your point earlier is your conversion rate. So how many of those people who are on your email list are converting into actual buyers? Those are the really only two numbers we should be concerned about as digital product business owners, your Instagram following, the size of your Facebook group, the traffic to your website, those are all fine numbers to know. And like, for sure, you can have a goal to grow them, but they ultimately don't make as big of a difference as the other two numbers, right? Like we want everything geared toward growing the email list, for instance. So that would be um, just kind of the lens that I would want you to approach with like your launching of a digital offer with. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you have no email list so far, number one is to get any of the audience that you already have on social media, get them on your email list, how, you know, with something really juicy. Number two is, okay. So people talk about using Facebook and Instagram ads to grow the email list. That's fine. And I use ads. I'm not anti-ads at all. However, there are so, if you don't have a budget for that, there are so many other ways to grow your email list that don't require Facebook and Instagram ads. One of my particular favorites is to get yourself in front of other people's audiences. So that means getting on a podcast interview, do offering people, um, like, let's say you let's say you teach, um, you're in a parenting niche, right? And you teach something related to parenting, go and look up the other parenting, free parenting Facebook groups out there and go get in touch with the people who own those Facebook groups and offer to come in and do a free 20, 25 minute training inside of their Facebook group, where at the end of it, you have a lead magnet, right? And you're just going to encourage people if they want to learn more to sign up for your lead magnet and they'll get more information that way. So Um, this could be like doing an Instagram swap with somebody where like, you know, you can mention them and they mention you. Like there's so many ways to get yourself in front of other people's audiences. And that can be one of the fastest ways and, you know, free ways to grow your audience. I do, I love to do something, um, that is, I've called it a lead magnet swap. And so that basically means this, this is better if you have a bit of a list already, but it's where I'll go and I'll pitch somebody. So for instance, I did this recently with somebody who teaches about Facebook ads. Now I teach about digital 
offers, digital products. So we have a similar target audience, but we're not teaching about the same thing. So it's not as though we're direct competitors. We just share an audience. Mm -hmm. So what she did is she sent out an email to her list that talked about me and my lead magnet and why they should go sign up for it. And I did the same to my list where I talk, I talked to them about her and her lead magnet and why they should go and sign up for hers. So we, it's a total win-win where we both get exposure and free list building. So get creative with using strategies like that to grow your email list. I bet if you spent four to six weeks just getting very focused on email list growth and using partnerships and collaborations, you would be able to see some really giant results. And then to Angie's point earlier about numbers and conversion rates, I do always, no matter whether you sell a $27 offer or $2,000 offer, I still tend to always just bet on the one to 2% industry average conversion rate, because that way, if it's higher than that, that's like gravy, right? That's like the cherry on top, Mm -hmm. you know? Totally. And I also think too, it's like, we all started having to do these organic strategies. We all didn't have money to put towards Facebook ads. We didn't, right? So it was like teaming up with other businesses, like you said, that have the same ideal client audience. You're not competitors doing a giveaway together, doing an email swap together, doing an Instagram swap together, uh, going on their Facebook live, do a Facebook live with them that you do a Facebook live on their page, right? Like again, adding value. Um, Also with Facebook groups, In my group, the Australian Business Collaborative, it's a super engaged group. And I've had people say like, listen, we'll pay you to advertise in that group. And so that's not what I'm saying about don't don't come to me and advertise. But what I'm saying, because I don't allow it to happen. But what I'm saying is, is there are people out there that have these amazing mom communities. Again, as I'll go back to your example, Gemma, where they don't even know that they potentially could just like whip together a little media kit, right? And start charging people $10, $15 a week, and they could start making some money on the side. So one of the strategies that we say is go into these groups, then reach out to the admin and just say, listen, I don't want to spam your group. I want to know what the rules are. Do you allow this? If they say no, go back and pitch them. Can I pay you to be in front of this community? And so many of these uh, Facebook group admins are like, what do you mean you're you're going to give me money? Then they're like, okay. And And then what I say to my crew is I'm like, educate them. Did you know that if you allowed X amount of people to advertise in here, this is how much money you could bring into your family? Mm -hmm. And a lot of them don't have, they never looked at it like that. They just thought it was their group. Um, So again, but but, um, when you take that uh, stance, I guess, and educate them that it is an option, not only then are you the one that's helped them just to make more money that they never even thought of, but you're also like, you're an early adapter. So they're probably going to just let you do, I mean, get the cheap rates for the, for for a lot, not all will, but a large part of people who I know are like, you help me do this. I'll scratch your back. You scratch my back. Right. So never be afraid to go that one step forward and ask them. They still might come back and say no, but if they say yes, and you can get in front of thousands of people for say 10 or $15 a week, remember at some stage, you are going to have to pay for advertising at some stage. So you're better off yeah. paying say $10 a week. Um, you know, or again, if you can't afford $10, that's fine. But I do believe that transformation occurs when a transaction takes place, regardless of how big or small that is. There's something that happens when people get put their credit card to their business and invest in themselves. So don't be afraid to double down either. Yeah, I love that. And just to your point, like the more that we can, I see, I get a lot of pitches myself and here's what a lot of people forget. They forget to come to the person you're pitching with the win for them. Exactly right. 100%. I don't really like not to be a total 
sort of B-I-T-C-H, but like, <laughs> I don't care what your, you know, what you want for yourself, right? If I don't know you and you're just pitching me out of the blue, you know, props to you for putting yourself out there, but like, I need to know what's in it for me. And so if you start your pitch that way with like showing me that not only do you know my name and know what I'm all about, but you're going to offer like value for my community or, you know, it could be like offering a bonus that I might use in my program or whatever that might be. You're putting the win at the top for me. And then instead of, you know, what I get a lot is like a big paragraph just about the person who's pitching me. Totally. And I, I glance over those and it's a quick delete. So yeah, exactly right. See you later. Smell you yeah. later, buddy. No, yeah. I couldn't agree more. So for those listeners out there, again, we hope that Jim and I have got you thinking about digital products and how you can add digital products to your own business little by little, step by step. But equally what we've talked about is the importance again of growing that email list, doing it organically or paid. It's, you have to like, they go hand in hand. Like it's, it's, it's inevitable. It, you know, even if you're not doing a digital product, you still are going to need an email list to sell whatever else you're selling, right? So it's like the sooner you can do that, the better. So thank you so much for sharing all things digital products with us today, Gemma. Where can businesses learn more about you and find out more about you? Yeah. So my main website is gemmabonhamcarter.com. You can also find me on Instagram. That's generally where I hang out on the daily. So it's at gemma.bonhamcarter. You'll see me there. You might see pictures of my kids (laughs) and I chat all things business over there. Uh, And then the other thing that your folks might be interested in is I do have a free class. If you're interested in learning more about marketing and selling digital offers. So Ange, I will send you the link to that. So it's included in the show notes. Yes. Uh, So you can find that in Ange's show notes to sign up for that free class. It's a free, it's basically just like a free webinar that is packed with 60 minutes of so much learning things like the bucket system things like my hybrid marketing method and so much more are all in that class no fantastic and i'm sure many listeners out there would be loving taking you up on that offer so fantastic and i do have one final question though is what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business back in 2010 oh my gosh that is a tough question uh Gosh, what do I know now that I wish I'd known then? I mean, everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think actually what I would what I wish I had known was that there are incredible mentors out there to help coach you through your you know growing and scaling your business, and that I didn't need to do it by myself and to DIY it for such a long time. Like I just taught myself all the things, and it meant that my progress, I feel like was slower than it could have been if I had just made the investment in myself in learning from people who were two to three steps ahead of me earlier. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't buy my first online course for years and years and years as a blogger. And I just wish I had started with that sooner. Mm -hmm. Easier to look back, you know, it's easy to look back on and and see it in retrospect now. But I just, I didn't realize it at the time, how much more advantageous it was to invest in something like coaching or courses, as opposed to just the, you know, the university of Google, <laughs> Google, and then going to Google to YouTube and then back there and then downloading a freebie. Exactly. And then you're like, well, shit, I've just spent eight hours and I'm still no closer on this. So I think it is so important that when you choose to invest in yourself, it's not just about the course. It's not just about the people, but it's the time you're saving. It's the knowledge you're receiving. It's, I mean, it's so much more. We could talk about that for a whole nother episode, my friend. Totally. So, um, so And yeah. it's not something that goes away. Like that's not just for somebody in the beginning stages of 
business. Like I will never not invest in myself and my business anymore. Cause I see the value in how much faster I'm able to push things along. 100%. It's like, well, that's how we first met. What do you know what I mean? It was in Caitlin's yeah. mastermind. Do you know what I mean? It's like that will, it worked out to a $20,000 investment by the time I converted to Aussie, right? Like mm-hmm. it is, but it's, I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have met many of the other people I've had on this show. You know, I wouldn't have been educated because yeah. it's not just, I didn't just learn from Caitlin, but I've learned from all of you guys too. And, and also it's these connections, like you're on my podcast, I'm on your podcast. So the growth that comes from that investment. And like you said, it's a long-term investment. You know, things don't go, you just don't stop learning. You're always learning and growing. Exactly. And before we sign off, please remember that my team and I will also be putting together the whole transcription for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au and we'll make sure to include all of Gemma's links over there. And as I mentioned earlier, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to share it, especially over on Instagram and tagging me at Angela Henderson Consulting. Don't forget to tag Gemma too. Or again, you can share it wherever. I don't really care. I just would love for you to share it. Uh, And for the rest of you, I hope you have an awesome day no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me again next week for another amazing episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks again, Gemma, for everything. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au